The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro Eastside and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Happy weekend. You're all smiley today. Well, it's a good, it's a Saturday, you know. We got stuff yes, to is. do, things to things to get taken care of, and yes. I just kind of you know every now and then the weekends hit, and especially lately the real estate market is so crazy, oh, and and the weekends you know I put in a full full week, and then mm-hmm. Saturday hits, and then Sunday hits, mm-hmm. and everybody's out looking at houses, and and so then I end up. Are, are you giving me a little poke? There? A little jab? No, no, not just at all. Tiny little no. Poke. I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> okay. But, um, but no, it's it's like, you know, there's just so much going on, you know, on, on the weekends anymore. Yes. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for when you have done some work on the weekends. Oh, for sure. Because well, that was super important when you did that. But yes. Oh, no, no, no. I, I it's a, it, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that because it is, it's important. And with this market moving so fast right now, yeah. there's no time. There's no, no time there's to, not. it's like, oh, let me think about this house for a week. Yeah. No. No. And, and may I, hours. <laughs> may I point out that that is in all price points because yeah. the situation that you may or may not have been alluding to mm-hmm. was you and I just the other weekend. I, of course, so here's, here's the conundrum, you know, when you're in the industry yeah. Yeah. is, yeah, I have a team that we work seven days a week. I'm personally trying to to not keep working six to seven days a week like I've been doing for quite a while, um, which is why I have other team members. Yeah. But every once in a while, you get these clients that they're like very specific about wanting to work with you, and I and I'm and I'm so honored when that's the situation. Sure. So I had one client who had been up here. He's relocation from California, mm-hmm. right? So we had spent one weekend going and looking at ten different units in four different buildings looking at amenities, looking at units, trying to narrow down what place he might want to buy in. Yeah. So I spent valuable time, like eight hours in Mm -hmm. one day with this person doing those kinds of, and that's not all the phone calls and the Zoom calls and the research and everything else. That's just one portion of the time spent, right? right? And lo and behold, the exact following week, a unit in the building he's interested in comes on the market. And the thing is, We've talked in the last year that we've been watching the downtown Seattle market and condos specifically. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what marketplace is picking back up in speed? Right. Condo sales. Yeah, which we were really worried about. We were worried about it, and we were seeing 60 to 120 days, if not more, depending on the right. price point of right. those properties. Mm-hmm. But part of those delays last year was because jumbo loans went away, mm-hmm. right, True. for a period of time, or they became so expensive, most people weren't willing to buy a $1.5 million unit with no, it. No, that's true. Right? Yeah. Well, guess what? As you pointed out in last week's show, jumbo loans were at like 3.35, which is still a pretty phenomenal rate, even if they've gone up. It is, yeah, right? for sure. So, so that was the timing around this gentleman looking at this, right? And so he's you know looking at his options. 
And I'm just like, hey, note to self, I'm staying in contact with that agent because I can't guarantee since they came on a price drop because I'd been in the unit in December. Mm -hmm. And now it's back on market in April Mm -hmm. because they did do their little wait for the spring. They did a price drop. And now I'm like, I can't guarantee that's going to still be here. So could you chop, chop? Mm-hmm. Come on, top, top <laughs> on the figure out what you're going to do here yeah, yeah. because that could go away. The second one that you and I had talked about on that weekend, though, was someone looking at an over three and a half million dollar house mm-hmm. on Mercer Island. Mm-hmm. Poverty Rock. Yeah. That's what I call it. Uh, okay. Um, that, while I was still in conversation, like trying to make contact with the listing agents, they finally called me back after their second open house, of which my clients went to that with his mother mm-hmm. to make sure she liked it and stuff because she might live with him eventually. So he gets done with it, calls me up. He's like, yeah, we want to move forward. Yeah. I finally get a phone call back from the listing agents because I the night before, because I'd shown them the property. They loved it. We did all the stuff. I Till 3 p.m. I'm working from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And at 3 p.m., I get a phone call from the listing agent saying, Oh, okay. So you have people who are interested. All right. And he goes, uh, well, just so you know, uh, while we were doing the open house about two hours ago, an offer came in and I said, oh, okay. Well, and? can I get an idea of what that looks like? Because my client was going to need to go contingent, mm-hmm. as you know. And uh, he said, well, um, it's all cash. And I said, is it for asking price? He goes, it's for over asking price with no contingencies. Three point six million. They're going to write a check. Yeah, yeah. And this, this, it, it, it's staggering. It's insane. Yeah, it really is. It's it, an, and the thing was, my client was like, "Well, I might have to think about it." He's like, "I really want you to do a bunch of research on this to make sure that it's actually worth that much." I'm like, "Well, guess what? Someone else thought it was worth that much." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not always what you think it's worth; it's what someone well, else might think and, it's worth. And you know, honestly, uh, I mean, Mercer Island is sort of its own private it Idaho. It's its own little world. Yeah. The, I mean, this whole, it, it was a, a beautiful house. Oh, it's gorgeous. Had an elevator, it gorgeous a kitchen. Bit of a view. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't think a huge view. No, it wasn't huge and it was also seasonal. And it wasn't on the waterfront. No, but it was right and, by a park. And from the street, I, I'm just going to be honest here. Yeah. It looked like a split level. Okay. From the, from the street. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not slamming it, but it's because it's Mercer Island. It's 3.6 million. Yeah. It's staggering to me. It was also like. 5,000 square or oh yeah it's close a big to house and, and the inside is like magazine quality i mean it's yeah, beautiful it's beautiful beautiful home. in fact i i um I, I stole some some screenshots of a couple of the bathrooms because oh, i'm right. gonna redo my bathroom <laughs> and i'm gonna just totally totally bootleg right off of that off of their uh, design there because it was pretty cool yeah that was a custom home <laughs> yeah it was oh, yeah, definitely sure. and it was it was yeah. very cool well my client's wife is a a professional baker or has been trained as a professional baker and we were in the kitchen and we were looking at something she's like is that a proofing oven and she opens it and there's like something that comes out she's like oh it is a proofing oven and i'm like you can tell who the baker is here because i have no idea what the heck a proofing oven is you don't have a proofing oven in your house i do not because i I do not bake (laughs) i do not bake. Yeah. My grandma was a tremendous baker. I did yeah. not get that gene. That is where your big clue about me being adopted is uh-huh. because I do not bake. Not my there. niece does. Yeah. My sister does. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else does. I do not. I'm going to guess you didn't do so well in chemistry in high school either. No, actually, I did well in chemistry. Yeah. Well, that's but baking. But home ec, I sucked. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a job, not 
<laughs> baby well, making. <laughs> well, sure. So well, it was just it was a different focus. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize baking was like chemistry. Yeah, best class I ever took in high school was typing. Oh yeah, I use that all the time. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that saved me so many hours of uh, out of my life. You know, because yes. I can get it done quickly and. Totally and, with you on that. Yeah. I also am a very good typist. There you go. Yes. All right. Well, so. <laughs> went very circular. Well, yeah, somehow we got from Mercer Island Baking to typing. and Mercer yeah. Island to whether but, or not but that anyway, can use a keyboard. The, the point was that the market is. Nuts. Re- ridiculous across the spectrum. So everything from the first time yes. buyer all the way, all the way up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to continue. Yes. It's going to continue. We have a shortage of housing. Mm-hmm. This is just your classic supply and demand situation. Yep. And you th- you know, it was already bad before COVID hit. And then and yeah. then let's stop building homes for 6 yes. months. Yep. And 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 then that just exacerbated the shortage of yeah. housing. Which is exactly what happened at the end of the housing crisis. Mm-hmm. We had it 2 did. years of no new construction. Mhm. And then when it restarted up, we had that many more new people here because, like, right. we had at that point, Amazon had moved to South Lake Union, mm-hmm. and then all bets were off. Right. We we also have the growth growth management act. Yep. We also have, um, you know, in fact, there was an article um, by Matthew Gardner, mm-hmm. who's a you know oh, economist um, yeah, over for, at Windermere for Windermere that was uh, you know complaining about the zoning laws in Seattle. Oh yeah. Um, because still, roughly seventy percent of Seattle is zoned single family. Yes. And there is a, a strong push. It's one know, of the largest cities in the United States with that form of zoning. Right. And if you live in some of these neighborhoods, it's it's wonderful, mm-hmm. you know, because you yeah, do have that, that wonderful, ni- you know, nice neighborhood yeah. feel. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, that is all happening at the cost of higher home prices because yeah. there just is a shortage of of affordable housing. Yes. And I think also there's a lot of uh, neighborhoods in Seattle that have a um, historical designation as well. And and so those are also, you know, forever Ex- going to be zoned single that. family. Um, they're, they're considered, um, I, I don't know. Um, like untouchable for untouchable. rezoning. Exactly. I think that's usually because there's also a lot of money that's making that happen. I don't think that's because. Funny how that works. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of incredible that yeah. NIMBYism. Huh. Yes. Hmm. Uh, you mean like areas like Volunteer Park? kind of thing yeah Capitol maybe Hill. queen anne yeah possibly yeah yeah magnolia like shove it out to where other people have to deal with it i'm yeah. i you know i'm probably going to tick off a few people for saying things like that. i you know i used to live in ravenna and green lake and finney ridge and all of that and i mm-hmm. and i do i can 100 uh, percent appreciate what it is that they have and the thing is we have people who are moving out of seattle right now moving to other suburban areas and they're looking for the same look and feel right and it's not quite there but what's interesting is like you and I have talked about towns like Burien or like downtown mm-hmm. Renton. Um, those are areas that are re... They're upzoning. They're well, allowing... No, they're not even just upzoning, but they're they're trying to recreate those feels. They are doing some of the upzoning, mm-hmm. but they also still have that vibe of like if you like a Ballard or mm-hmm. a Ravenna or a Wallingford, like even Wallingford doesn't have that much of a big commercial district. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on where you live in it, you have to walk quite a ways to just mm-hmm. get to any of those benefits of Fremont or Wallingford or the U District, what have you. And even you. Wallingford, the, the grocery store is closing down. Yeah. So, yeah, I so. mean, it just – everything's kind of, you know, relative. Yeah. But these other outlying areas, though, what I think is going to be interesting over the next few years is as you have these city dwellers who are going back out to the suburbs again, mm-hmm. I'm going to be curious if the zoning will change there to create more of those pocket communities. 
Oh, I'm sure that it will. I, you know, as, well, as allowed. Yeah, as, as demanded. As demanded, right. You know, no, absolutely. Maple Valley's going through some big stuff, so is Covington. So yeah. things to look at, people. Right. Well, I hope you stay in your zones uh, because we are going to be right back. We've got more Open House with Team Reba in just a couple of minutes here. Thanks for listening. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. <laughs> you said we, that so succinctly. I'm very firm about that. I'm, that's my final decision. <laughs> and we are here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock. And Sundays from 3 to 4. That's right. And also always on podcasts. Yes. Go so. to your favorite podcast vendor and you will find us when you just type in Open House with Team Reba. That's right. That's and right. And you'll find about, I think we're at like 215 or more episodes yeah. at yeah. this point. Yeah. And by the way, I was so excited about our guest last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Brittany you know. Gautreaux was yeah. from Clarity Capital Partners was awesome. I loved her energy. Check her out on our podcast. Yes. Yeah. Go back and, 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 and look at that because she's a, a very, very good, um, talented financial planner. I'd say she's an astute dude, but she's a chick. <laughs> well, there so, you, you know, but she's, yeah, she's sharp and yeah. uh, really, really enjoyed the conversation with her. Yeah. yeah that was enjoyable. Yeah. yeah really. Yeah. Really so if you're looking for interview. financial services, yeah, she's, she's a good, good well, egg. And, and what I liked about that show, again, kind of just referencing some mm -hmm. of the past podcasts, but hers is like, okay. I'm in my 20s. What do I do? I'm in my mm -hmm. 40s. What do I do? I'm in my 60s. Mm -hmm. What do I do? And honestly, you know what I didn't get a chance to bring up during that show was I have someone on my team who is over 60 mm -hmm. who is trying to figure out like a future for retirement. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we were having a conversation. He's, you know, he was saying some stuff to me and I was like, man, you're talking like you're old. Yeah. And I'm like, you're 62. But I'm like, in today's world, when centenarians are more and more commonplace. Absolutely. You could have another 30 or 40 years of life. So mm -hmm. you really have to be thinking long-term all the time. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, you know, I just, I like having had her on the show. So thank you for um, letting her come on. You know, I'm always throwing different kinds of guests and stuff at you. And you had great questions for her and it was a good time. Well, good. Yeah. But you know what? You also tossed over to me that day that... Um, I know we're going to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. Because we have brought up on past shows, talking about longevity. Mm -hmm. Well, at some point, though, people do pass, mm -hmm. right? And we have mentioned on the show many a time that there are some, I'll call them nefarious. I'll put, I'll put a bold word out there. Some nefarious types that kind of are vulturistic. Kind of? Yeah. And they, when they get wind of someone's passing they are all over the family members mm -hmm. that are in grief mm -hmm. exactly and you and i had talked about it even before you had a loss in your own family and mm -hmm. you brought to the show one of the fun little cards mm -hmm. that you received i received a ton of of cards within days of the recording of the death certificate mm -hmm. and and they're all they're all 
of a similar vein. They're hand. They appear what appear to be handwritten. They're mm-hmm. not. They're computer printed. Yep. Um, but they appear to be handwritten, and uh, and it was um, you know, hey, I I'm interested in buying your home. You know, no appraisal. We'll pay all cash. Blah blah blah. You know, they all have kind of a similar uh, vein to it. There's actually one real estate agent that even went so far as to track me down. Uh, so mm-hmm. knew that I was somehow that I was the heir to this home, called me, left me a mm-hmm. message. Hey, I'm interested in buying your home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so so really can, did some research. Can we talk about how they knew? Yeah. It's on the title. Yeah. Oh, because, okay, sure. So when so we deal with estates all the time and mm-hmm. i told you like we're creating a uh, educational series for estate planning attorneys because most of them don't know this happens mm-hmm. right so listeners we're sharing with you things that even attorneys don't know exist mm-hmm. okay that's one of the things i think is so valuable about our show is that we tell you about the underbelly of all the things in the industry right and one of them is this mm-hmm. so when i'm dealing with somebody who has a loss in their family and we're seeing the updates. So when someone passes away and someone is named an executor mm-hmm. or personal representative, mm-hmm. that information is recorded mm-hmm. against the mm-hmm. title of the property. Right. And those are public records. Mm-hmm. So there are people who have systems and software programs that track that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we talk all the time about like, Data mining is like the number one thing that I'm, like, I'm way less worried about the government watching what I do than I am about marketing and people who do stuff right. like this. Right. People who come after your data are way more dangerous. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're not somebody who is even aware that these things happen, you you have yourself with an underbelly that is exposed. Right. Right. Yeah, it's called farming. Yes. Yeah. It's a form of that. Yes. Yeah, they're they're calling this information mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of just a side note, I mean, real estate agents, loan officers, mm-hmm. you get these uh, solicitations in the mail. It, it'll mm-hmm. say regarding your mortgage yes. at X, Y, Z, uh-huh. you know, at, uh, you know, with this original loan amount, you know, you've been pre-qualified for blah, blah, blah. And then of course yep. the fine print says, well, you're not really, but yeah, uh, but those are farms. And, mm-hmm. and I, I could do this today. I could call the title company Say, give me a list of a thousand names um, mm-hmm. that have a thirty-year mortgage with a loan-to-value ratio under seventy percent yep. and an interest rate over six percent, and uh, I can pay a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. a couple hundred bucks for a list, yeah. and then just start that farming, start mailing letters, yep. and and so when you receive these types of things in the mail, that's what's going on. Yes. Yeah. It looks like, and the, and the letters are, are written in a way that make it look like They're they came from the original legit. lender, yeah. but they didn't. Yeah. And if and you they, read the fine print, then you're going to see that. Yeah. And they're just basically trying to get you to refinance or mm-hmm. get money out of your place. I mean, there's a number of different ways that they're coming mm-hmm. at you for oh, those for kinds sure. of things. Yeah. So, so usually it's a new special government program. Yes. Yeah. Guess what? There isn't any new special government programs. <laughs> but they know it's that fake. you don't it's know fake that. fake news. Yeah. Yes. No, I know. That's so, right. So those types of things happen. The postcard that you sent me, or not sent me, you gave to me, um, that I'm going to use as a tool when we're talking with estate attorneys is to show them an example, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is like, I'm not going to use the guy's name because I don't want to give him any advertising. Right. But it's like, uh, it's very simple. So listeners, if you have something like this ever show up at your home or a loved one or something like that, just be forewarned. These are things taught at classes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who like to charge a lot of money to teach people how to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, So it says, hi, my name is 
blah, and I would like to buy your home at this address. If you would like a quick, no-hassle sale at a fair price, please text or call me direct so we can talk. God bless person's name and a phone number and a website, mm-hmm. right? And it's on a postcard, plain vanilla, no nothing on it. Appears to be handwritten. But yes, fake handwrite. Of course, no stamp on it because this no. is all sort. Because it's know, bulk mail. Because 200 of them went out at yep, the same it's time. bulk mail. Mm-hmm. And uh, also in a lot of these situations, like you were mentioning that say you're a lender or whatever and you can go get a farm list. Mm-hmm. Well, this person is also looking to see what information, like they're looking at what is a estimated value, right? right. So mm-hmm. there's an ABM automated valuation model that's out there somewhere mm-hmm. showing, or, you know, some people would look at like a, you know, Zillow website or whatever mm-hmm. to see what the value is. And they're looking for a particular ratio because, you know, when he's like at a fair price. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that listeners. Fair price. What What's does fair, fair price, price mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Fair to who? Exactly. I have actually sat in a program that I had to hold myself back from yelling at the woman at the front of the room. I actually quit hanging out with the lender who invited me to this networking event. Oh boy. Because yeah. it was a designated broker of a local real estate company mm-hmm. telling a room full of women that they should all go out and get their real estate license. And then go get those lists, like what you just said, Eric, mm-hmm. and then find those people with these big equity positions. Yeah. And she even called out age groups. Oh, really? She focused specifically yeah. on elderly. Let me, let me guess. Yeah, 70 plus. Well, she said 55 plus. But either way, she said, but when you do it, make sure that that has like a certain amount of equity position or is owned free and clear. Yeah. And then their recommendation was to go and knock on doors, you know, send Mm -hmm. letters, send postcards, but mostly knock on doors Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and try and get in front of these folks. Yeah. And then ask them, how much would you like to net out of the sale of your home? And many people do not know, especially elderly, if they don't have access to computers. Like I Mm -hmm. have a lady we've been working with for a year now. Mm -hmm. Her husband died last year. From Agent Orange. And she has been inundated with these cards, letters, phone calls. And she's still dealing with her grief. They're, they own their place outright. And people mm-hmm. are like, hey, what would you like to, you know, what do you need for you to move on? Kind yeah, of thing. Right. She had no idea what her place was worth. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have the exact kind of, and there's no exact. It's like, it's a range depending on the condition and sure. everything else. But in that room that I was standing in, this woman was like, go there and just, you know, ask some questions like, hey, if they're only, if they think $100,000 or $250,000, you know, and like, let's take as an example, a house in, I don't know, Ravenna. (laughs) Right. Right. I bought my first house in 1997 in Ravenna and we paid $209,000 for it. Yeah. Yeah. That house today is worth about. 850 on the low side. I was going to say, yeah, or more. On the right. low side, mm-hmm. right? right? And that's without me knowing what condition it's in today. Sure. Right? When I last sold it, it was $450,000. Yeah, yeah. So it had, has grown tremendously over that period of time. So if you have an elderly person who's maybe on Social Security and they're barely making their property 
tax payments every year. Right. Right. Um, Because as we pointed out with like Brittany on the show last week, a lot of people on Social Security is like maybe $24,000 a year of what they're getting. If you have a house that's $850,000 in Ravenna, you're probably paying close to $10,000 a year in Mm -hmm. property taxes. Right. That's almost half of your income. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 So this person is like, yeah, get in front of this this gal and ask how much, you know, do they need to just move on? And many people in that age group think, well, a quarter of a million dollars sounds like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they'll work out a deal that, okay, if you need 250, they're like, okay, well, then I'll pay you 650 for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's worth 850. Right. It's called equity skimming. Yeah. It's called elder abuse. That too. Yeah. I agree. We're yeah. going to talk more about some of these tactics, though, when we get back on Open House with Team Ruby. It's not going to be all somber, but it's all about education. Absolutely. So come right back, and we'll get you more at Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. <laughs> from Team Reba. I guess that was supposed to be my turn, wasn't that it? That was. Oh, well. I was too busy looking at this dumb card again. Yeah. I was going to pull up the website to see oh, what it says. Oh, right, right. So, and then uh, the other thing I was going to bring, so I'm going to bring this website up and just see what it, it says. But in the meantime, you and I also, besides this fun little calculation thing, uh, it's not even a calculation. It's just like, hey, let's just open a conversation. Well, Let's talk about the formula. Yes, please. So, I, I actually talked to one of these one of these folks that sent this this card out after my my dad had passed, and and you know you were talking in the previous segment. My dad was a perfect example. Bought his home in 1969, you know, for thirty two thousand dollars. So, you know, in, in his mind, you know, the the thought that this home could be worth, you know, so much more in North Seattle. You know, it was just mind-boggling. You know, just shake his head. No way. That's not worth oh, you know, yeah. what, what you think it's worth. And, of course, it was. It was worth more than what we thought, you know, than what we thought. It went for significantly more than what we listed the home for. Um, but these these firms uh, will send you this handwritten note. And, and one of them I did call, and, and, and they told me, here's the formula. We, we look at what's the home worth minus the cost that we will spend to renovate it, minus our profit margin, and that's how much we're willing to pay you for the house. Yeah. Well, uh, might I add a significant profit margin, and might I also add they're basing that calculation on the current market value of the home, not what it's going to be worth once once all the, the improvements are done to it. So, again, you know, kind of like what, what we concluded the previous segment on, it's equity skimming basically is, is what it comes down to. Um, but if you are uneducated, uh, then you're, you're going to fall right into that because mm-hmm. we're still talking about big numbers. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Very big numbers. Okay. So um, say, your, say what the solution was again on that one. Home, home value minus the cost to renovate minus a profit margin is the price willing to pay. Okay. So that's very similar, but I don't think exactly the same as the one that I was telling you about during our break and before we mm-hmm. went on the show. Okay. So I am aware of uh, a company. I mean, there's many companies like this um, that they're always sending me solicitations of like, hey, send us. We're looking for off-market fixers, short plats and uh, with permits and uh, value-added multifamily. Yeah. Right? And so that sounds like, 
oh, okay, maybe there's a lot of that out there. But yeah. here's their calculation for it, right? So theirs is uh, their basic screening formula is uh, a value. So basically the market value times 0.7, so meaning a 30% discount minus the rehab cost. Which they calculate as fifty dollars a square foot in Seattle and forty five a square foot in Tacoma slash Olympia. Offer price sight unseen, and then they ask me to run any and all opportunities I might run across against that screening method before sending it to them because they mm. don't want to waste their time. Mm. So they want you out there scouting yeah. these for you. Yes. You and how many other as real many as they agents? can get, as mm-hmm. many as they can get. And these guys are very sophisticated. They have Auto, uh, like robotic calling tools. I get mm-hmm. auto calls from them all the time. Sly dials, which is like they call you, but your phone doesn't ring. Mm-hmm. But then you have a voicemail message. Right, right. I get email solicitations regularly, you know, te- text messages. I mean, it's a slick operation. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of them out there, right? But mm. so I'm, I'm making it sound like we're 100% disparaging these things. But there are times... Mm-hmm. That they're useful. But first I want to say, most of the time they're not necessary. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody who finds yourself in a situation where you need to sell, first of all, try and find a credible real estate company to work with. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, you know we have a duty to be honest and act in good faith to the public. Agency law requires us to have that as a duty. Mm-hmm. If you work with someone who's also a realtor, which is a membership organization. That's realtor with a capital R. Yeah, actually all capitals, but it's mm-hmm. um, but that is a membership organization. And we also have a code of ethics, mm-hmm. right? These are the people that are less likely to be involved in these kinds of scams, right? right? So if you find someone who's credible, then you can ask them. Most of the time it's for free anyway mm-hmm. to do a market analysis on the property. Right. And you can also, if you've got somebody who's got the right kind of skill sets like myself, we usually look at the, what if I sell it as is? What if I do like a minimal amount of work, just cleaning it up? And what if we renovate? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's usually three different ways you can look at it. And someone who does have good experience can help you do that. Right. 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 And then you have an idea of like, is it worth the money to invest to do this? Or do we just want to clean it up the best we can, still put it on the market? Because there's usually a pretty strong equity position and it's worthwhile to go that route. Unless this is where the sometimes these things are helpful. And I was sharing this with you. um, I think I've brought it up maybe a couple of times, but it's just one of the best examples. I was working with a woman in a financially distressed situation with a domestic violence situation at home mm-hmm. and I working with the attorney who had referred her had to tell them, I'm like, I can't, I can't put this on the public market without running the risk of people getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so therefore I can't, mm-hmm. I need to try and find an off market buyer, which is a difficult thing to do here because the Northwest multiple listing service doesn't want you to, uh, market a property off the MLS. Right, without we, putting it on. Mm-hmm. We actually have rules that mm-hmm. we're not to do that. Right. But in this situation, I had a bigger legal liability of someone being harmed because the person causing the domestic violence in that household had guns. And mm-hmm. we could not put the public in harm's way because he was volatile. 
Mm-hmm. And so it was, um, and, and he did, he, he did lose it when he found out that she was selling the house. Mm-hmm. So we, I just so happened to have received one of these solicitations and contacted them and said, I have a unique situation. Mm-hmm. And because she was already underwater in the value of the property, it didn't matter because mm-hmm. there was no equity skimming to be had because she had no equity this in the property. It was a short sale situation. It was a short sale anyway. situation. Mm-hmm. And so in that case, it was worth it to just go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that lightly. You know, Sometimes in a hoarding situation, sometimes you've had someone who's passed away and the house is in such a terrible condition and state Sometimes these things are better because someone buys it sight unseen. They take care of all the issues. They haul away all the garbage that could could be piled quite high, mm-hmm. right, right, in these places, and could be toxic. Well, let's and let's talk about that because if you're if you're thinking about buying a home that's in a circumstance like that, uh-huh, there's a lot there's, of risk. there's really a couple ways that you can do it. But but one way is uh, you can take out a renovation loan. Yes, uh, which would provide allow you to buy the home as is, but then provide financing to do any required repairs and things like that. But even to get a renovation loan, like you mentioned, if it's a hoarding situation, mm-hmm. um, the appraiser still goes out and they need to be able to look at the home and, mm-hmm. and figure out you know what does this need. So you're still dealing with the issue of this this home needs to get cleared out before you can get to that you know get to that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other way is like you mentioned, you know, you use one of these types of well, we, in, in this case, it'd be a lender. We call them hard money lenders. Mm-hmm. You know that will basically help you finance, buy the, purchase the home, mm-hmm. and um, and you know as is condition. But right. then you're going to want to get that home in a financeable condition as quickly as you possibly can because you're going to be paying a hurricane high interest rate. Well, it's not even just the high interest rate because depending on who you are and the money that you're trying to get, most of those guys still want to see you with twenty five to forty percent down. Right. In those purchases. With a maximum loan term of typically one year. You know, right. some, some can go longer than that, but, mm-hmm. but usually it's pretty yeah, short Yeah, some term. of them have um, six month, 12 month, mm-hmm. and maybe some longer ones. Yeah. Um, and it, it, they, they want you to have a business plan. You can't just like go randomly do it. You have to have a business plan put in place for them, right. showing that you actually know what you're doing. Right. Oh, and the other part about those types of loans, uh, it's called hard money loans. Mm-hmm. They will not give you a loan if you say you are going to live in the home. Right, it needs you can. to be an investment property. Yes. It cannot be owner-occupied uh, because if it's owner-occupied, then the, you, exactly. they would have to follow the, all the fair lending laws. Right. And there are high-cost loan rules as well when it's an owner-occupied property. So, yeah. so there's a lot of nuances to that that end of the end of the industry. Yeah, it's always been interesting. I, I've known lots of people who think that they can do that. And I was speaking with a local hard money lender recently um, with a client who was considering doing flipping. Mm-hmm. And so we were, you know, going through all the steps to try and get him set up for that. And, uh, you know, we had a couple of scenarios come up where we were talking about what that would look like. And they said, look, we can, it's, it's our charter because I had a couple mm-hmm. of other situations right. of, Right. A client who needed to borrow against a property so they could buy another one. And, you know, and they were just like, we just can't because the charter is what's different. We yeah. have to have non-owner occupied. We can't. Correct. And it's it, it's it's a struggle because there's people who are in those situations that need mm-hmm. to have access to their equity. And there's there's yeah, really they, not they, they a can. way for them to do it. No, that's, so that's it can, true. Yeah. Well, what about what about the idea of, of hiring a contractor to get in there, get the home cleaned up. You, you kind of mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, when you meet with a client, you're, you're looking at that. Do we sell it as is? Do we right. do some 
minor work mm -hmm. or do we go in and do a you know a, a, full a, a bigger a bigger rehab yeah so that's you know so when we talk about trends that are going on in the industry um yeah you know, we for 18 years i've always had a tremendous vendor list right in mm -hmm. fact some of our listeners have actually contacted me to get the names of the vendors that we oh, have for sure. yeah yeah and, and you're always welcome to do that me in, too yeah well yeah yeah i've given yeah. you many many names over the years um, so info at teamreba.com. If you want to ask for some assistance in that regard, um, we have great people in multiple counties covering all manner of, yes. you know, whether it's electrical, plumbing, carpentry, windows, uh, you know, gutters, like uh, just handyman, you know, handyman, cleaners, anything, mm -hmm. right? We've right. got so many different great resources and uh, relationships we've built over years with people, mm -hmm. right? And a um, lot of trust out there. And, you know, so we have some of those resources, but the trend in the industry right now, and, and as I'm sure you've seen in ads that are out there by mm -hmm. other companies who've recently entered this marketplace, um, some of them are either taking in-house construction or working with uh, a related company. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to cover that yeah. when we get back. I want to talk more about that because yes. you know these are some some really really good solutions for mm -hmm. folks, and I know there's a lot Absolutely. of you out there that are in this kind of a and we've got them for you situation. Stay tuned. We got more open house with Team Reba coming right back. Open house with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now. Back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Site. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And Reba, yes. if somebody wants to reach you, how do they do it? Like I said in the last segment, you can send an email to info at teamreba.com. Mm -hmm. Or you can also reach out to me by phone. I will give myself this time because I still don't have my Google number memorized. But it's 206-910-3429. Although I will ask, please text before you call so that I know it's one of our listeners because I get lots of phone calls from random numbers that can just be marketing people and I may not pick up. <laughs> so please text first. Solid point, yeah. Yes. I get a lot of calls from that person named Spam Likely. Yes. <laughs> Well, and also we do have, if you're you know trying to reach out to us, we also have our Facebook page now for mm -hmm. Open House with Team Reba, yep. and we're building that out and starting to put some content out on there, too. Right. So, yes, right. we want to see that get very active. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so speaking of active and the things that we're doing a lot of, because it is springtime and there is a lot of activity with people prepping their homes for sale, mm -hmm. um, we were saying at the end of the last segment, you know, what are the options, right? So, you know, clean out is one that is very common, right? People don't want to go through like, oh, I don't want to live through trying to remodel and what have you. Right. So there's a lot of different sources that are out there, of course. You know, people bring in like pods or similar type of storage units mm -hmm. and they put things in there or they just do hallways, mm -hmm. right? It depends on who it is that, you know, you're trying to get the place ready for. If you're living in a home, it's, you know, it's helpful to downsize. You know, we call it pre-packing. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just prepping for your move. It's a great time to get rid of all this stuff. Like, you, you pay by the hour or by the weight for your move. So if you don't need to move that thing with you, yeah. if you're not going to use it at your next house, just find a way to reduce, reuse, recycle, get it out, you know, whatever you need to do. But yeah. there's a lot of those resources out there and available to you. And we actually have a lot of companies we work with that through the REMAX organization we can get you discounts on. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, for so sure. again, reach out to us for those types of things. Now, some of the stuff that has become kind of like the new standard of sorts 
is um, taking like that 1980s, 1990s kitchen and renovating that for today's styles. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's uh, there's a number of companies out there that are offering those types of services. Some of them are internal to the organization. Some of them are just partnered. Some of them are set up where you as a homeowner, uh, you can bring them in. They'll do the work and then get paid at closing. Yeah, that's important because mm-hmm. a lot of folks, that's the concern. Like, okay, I yeah. know I want to do this, but I don't have the money to pay somebody right. you know, to do this work right Yeah, now. they may not have their equity you know, in mm-hmm. hand, um, but they can have it when they sell. Mm-hmm. So we have worked with numerous vendors over the years, but not all contractors can do it. Now, I can say for me working at REMAX, we have an organization called Curbio. It's mm-hmm. C-U-R-B-I-O, Curbio.com. Mm-hmm. Where we can, you know, work with you, get the introduction. They, you know, you can send photos and kind of an outline. Like what I usually do with my customers is I go on site with them. We walk through, we take pictures and or video. We make the introduction. We tell them what we're looking to have done. Sure. And then that company provides a quote about what the cost for work would be. So we have a number of things that we kind of have to provide for them through that whole thing. And then we have to show that there is that equity position so that mm-hmm. you can pay. And, and what is the future value? Sure. Right. That's the, that's the key is having somebody who has that eye for what is this worth when it's done? It's not just the key. It's the art mm-hmm. of, of the job, really. Yes. To, to be able to accurately you know, forecast yeah. that. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and not a lot of people are always really great at that. No. I'll give you an example. I have a, a client up in the kind of Northgate area that we were talking and I was looking at the price points of now, if his house had not been well maintained, mm-hmm. it could sell about $600,000. Yeah. Now it currently is well maintained for the most part. It's got a few things he really needs to take attention, you know, pay some attention to and clean up before it goes on. Yeah. Um, but they haven't really, they haven't upgraded the kitchen. They haven't, you know, it's still kind of 1960s. Yeah. Um, but, they're an older couple, and so for them, they're like, "This is normal for us. Like, we don't, right. we don't need they don't the, see it. Yeah. we don't need the subway tile and the courts and the new cabinets and you know sure. all of that, right? Yeah. Um, they don't need that vinyl plank flooring and you know all the stuff that's <laughs> very popular right now. So they're just like, we're fine with what we got. Uh, so it's just nice, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 one of those houses you call good bones, sure. right? It's solid and well maintained. Then I looked at the price points of. What if they did do the updates? Mm-hmm. That was another hundred thousand above. Mm-hmm. So if it had been in poor shape, we were looking at price points in six. If it's in decent but not updated condition, mm-hmm. seven hundred, mm-hmm. and updated to today's standards of what buyers sure. are looking for today, Turkey, yeah. and that people are going to fight over, eight hundred on market could go for over, mm-hmm. right? So being able to identify all that and then working with a company that, you know, part of the idea of these like Curbio is that they're going for volume so they can get well-priced products because they're doing so much turnover, mm-hmm. sure, right? And, the, sure. and Curbio is doing this work all across the United States. Mm-hmm. They're going into different marketplaces and that's kind of, you know, that's the benefit of working with them is that, you know, they have a, a workforce plus a set kind of product base you know it's like the flippers yeah they've got a like they model know, they have a model of what they're mm-hmm. looking for yeah right yeah. um and they then they follow the trends 
So right. they're they're paying attention to what is the most saleable types of materials, and then they you know they source those products for mm. the best price. Right. So there yeah. you go. Well, I mean, it, it, it's not rocket science, but but it is you know when you're going into a home and you're it's doing a renovation, intensive. it's time intensive, and there can also be unforeseen issues that come up, and it what? happens all the time. What are you talking oh, about? That wall I thought was load bearing is not load bearing, or that one that I or, thought was or not vice versa. Yes, exactly. that's the most important. Right, one. and all of a sudden <laughs> you're 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 springing for a five thousand dollar glue lamb, you know, uh-huh. to span the the thing. Yes, you need a big old beam. Oh, big time. Uh, so these these sort of things, sometimes they don't pop up their, their ugly heads until you start busting walls open. Yep. And uh, then you get the big surprise uh, or rot, you know, of course, yes. which is, you know, you know, preeminent around our, our area. Lots of things lots like that. Lots and lots of rot, things mm-hmm. under the crawl space. We've talked about that in previous shows. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, so wiring, snafus, mm-hmm. all these things can come up. When you start making those changes. You mean that house built in 1926 <laughs> is not just like a simple, you know, yeah. take this out, <laughs> slap on some new tile. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, I laugh when I see some people who take some of the classes on flipping and then I sit down with them and go, why are you looking at 1920s homes? And they're like, well, they got great charm. I'm like, yes. And do you know how they're constructed? Yeah. Uh, do you know anything about lath and plaster? Do you know anything about knob and tube wiring? Right. Do you know anything about like no, you don't? Then don't buy lumber, that. Uh, yeah. All these uh, low yeah. insulation, uh-huh. uh, all, all those things. Yeah, I mean, there they are. They're charming. I, that's my thing. I love love oh, yeah. love Craftsman Homes. Oh, me too. Uh, but oh my gosh, no, they they Lots will eat you alive unless you're you know do your homework and be yes. really really careful with yes. them. So it's it's just you've you've just got to know that. Yeah. And uh, and and you know the other thing about those homes, they're crooked. They are crooked. What? They are not square. They're not plumb. And so, you know, a lot of those were built on poorly compacted soil. They're settling. Mm-hmm. You know, you can. They've uh, been through multiple uh, earthquakes. Right. You drop a couple marbles on the floor and just kind of see where they go. You know, yeah. that'll kind of give you a little bit of an idea. We always say houses and, are like humans. And that's fine. We all start to sag. Absolutely. It's their character. Yes. But when you're going in to do a remodel, okay, I want to put in hardwood floors or mm-hmm. I want to put in this or that. You yeah. you need to have a expert craftsman carpenter who knows how to deal with those yeah. those nuances. Why do you to think those floating right? floors are so popular right now? <laughs> I, know, I, know. <laughs> I have a basement that uh, I, I couldn't even put one of those in because yeah. the concrete goes up, it goes down, it goes left, it goes right. Yeah, uh, you know I'd need leveling, to bring in a, bring in a, whole a lot grinder of or something to kind of take yeah. out the high spots. And, right, or you have to do leveling. Yeah, exactly stuff, to yeah. fill in the low mm-hmm. spots. So. Yeah. You know, there's all these factors that can kind of come up like that. So, yeah. so it's crazy stuff. Hey, so speaking of crazy factors, yeah, because I know we're getting towards the end of the show here. Mm-hmm. I went to that website that's on this little card that you got. Yeah. Um, first of all, was having issues with it actually being a valid email or a web, web, address. web address. But then when I was able to like look the company up and I started to go to the link via the search. It says your connection isn't private and there might be trying to steal your information. <laughs> Yay! Steal your house and your information. Yes. All in one spell swoop. Love it. Wow. Well, interesting stuff. Well, I hope this is interesting for you all listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Be careful. You know, when yes. you're dealing with your loved ones, you know, get some expert advice. Yes. And always reach out. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at TeamReba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer.
preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.